Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Broadway Show Uncut, where we have conversations with the best and brightest of Broadway. Thanks for being with us this week. I'm Tamsin Fidel. A bunch of new stuff opening up. Big titles, almost famous, some like it hot, both just a couple of months away. And in 2023, which is not too far away, Back to the Future, the musical. So this week I'm talking with none other than Rob McClure. I love him. This time he's taking on the role of Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. And that's not all. If you read the book, The Kite Runner, you're going to love this. The book sold 7 million copies in the U.S. Paul Wontorek had a chance to catch up with two of the stars of The Kite Runner, Amir Arizon and Azita Ganazada. The Kite Runner. I mean, this is a title people immediately know, right? Thanks to this amazing novel by Khaled Hassani. 30 million copies, 60 languages or something. Yeah. This was like a big international. It's not a big responsibility. <laughs> and now you have to bring this well-loved story. Everybody walks in with a lot of love for it. How does it feel to be a part of this? Quite simply, it feels like an honor. The book is perfect. So I honestly feel like don't get in the way of the story. Yeah. Serve it up. It's out there in the world. I just cherish um, to be able to be a part of it here. I'm from Afghanistan and that book, when it first came out, I actually didn't want to read it. It came to me a little bit later, 2006, because it was being adapted into a film and mm -hmm. someone sent it to me. And, and I was devastated reading that book. I mean, I could tell you the smell of the mm. food, the mm. dirt under their fingernails. Like It was so visceral. And when the play came around, I had a really hard time reading the play mm. without crying. And so I actually couldn't read the play. I couldn't finish the play when I first auditioned for it. And I actually didn't hear the whole play until the first table read because it was too hard to hear the story. And even on the stage, I have to turn away because there are moments where I can't be in a certain wow. emotional state. I have to be in a different place when I come on and I'm like, so to be a part of something that's both culturally significant and globally, you know, important has had such an impact globally and to have it be a small piece of Broadway is just, it's, it's an unbelievable unknown dream. I have to echo something she said. Uh, when I first read the book, I cried six times. <laughs> six, exactly, six. Six times, I can tell you where they were. And they also, what uh, surprised me is, besides it being sort of a novel and thoughts and the psychology of Amir and the psychology of the other characters, is that it was a page turner. Somehow it works as a, as a, as a psychological thriller mm. in, in many ways, and you can't put it down. And in many ways I feel the play is uh, no different. And it has magic in it, yeah. and it hits me in a different place every night. Yeah. Every time we do a run through, another thing hits me. It is, there is secret power in that play. So you're playing many ages, right? The span of the book is 26 years. I age from age 12 to 38 wow. years old. Wow. And there are time jumps, but act one, it is a little under a year. And in that, I alternate from 12 to narrator. Like in scenes, the scenes happen to me. And in the narrating, it's like I have to take you to the next scene. And in the second act, we jump, I get to marry this lovely gal. And then we jump, we do a 25 year journey. You both get to do that in the show. Yeah, I mean, in the first act, I'm like 17,000 people, you know, just running around the stage and having fun playing in his memory. Oh. This is essentially a memory play. He's like yeah. telling us the story yeah. of his life. You know, get to show up in the second act and be kind of a young woman from Afghanistan trying to kind of create her own path, trying to find her voice and free her voice, and then finding her way through the play to kind of be a strong pillar in the story. One of the things that's amazing about the book is that every character has a secret. 
every single character either a something happens that they keep a secret, um, and it's a big bonding point for me to her, and I look to her for courage. And it's really about how the story unfolds. I mean, like, that's what's so exciting. Amir is a very haunted man. So haunted. So haunted. And it's really about sort of uncoiling that ball of yeah. all that. And it's so powerful, his journey, right? Because you just see him as like a kid. Like, we start with him as a man, and then he becomes a kid, and then you see him kind of, it's the hero's journey. You know, he fumbles, he falls, he fails. And is he going to crawl his way back up out of that and become the man he's... The most unheroic hero. <laughs> you will, so much so that I was almost not sure if I even wanted to do it. And the key for me that I discovered, because as an actor you want to make active choices, and he is so inactive and indecisive and shame, which, is, which was like, okay, so how am I going to do that? But what I discovered is that actually in the narration is the bravery, that he is airing his dirty laundry, that he is sharing his pain, looking for help to, to get redemption. So through all those memories of just a lot of cowardice and shame and guilt, he's working it out uh, almost like the audience is almost like his sort of therapist or uh, Giles calls it his confessor. So Azita, you left Afghanistan as a young girl. As a baby, yeah. As a baby. Yeah. Okay. When the Soviets invaded, much like the book, um, we were very lucky to receive asylum status and fled to Vienna, Virginia, which is a beautiful small town. And we then kind of brought the remaining members of our family out of refugee camps, various refugee camps, and into Virginia to resettle with us. And that was, that was, their journey is unbelievable. And mm. for them to be able to tell their story, we tell a little bit of it in the play. Much of my childhood was going to the airport to pick up family members with sure. just a plastic bag. And I just remember the grief as a young person. I just remember the photos of children with missing limbs and my parents saying, this is what you escaped. Mm. Um, this is what you're free of, and so never take your freedom um, for granted. That's kind of haunted me and stayed with me my entire life, but you know, I've tried my best to continue to carry that, that journey that they went through and help people that didn't have the same opportunities that I was given. How, how are we achieving authenticity in the play? For Broadway, I know that's very important. It's definitely a big moment for representation. We have, um, we're very fortunate to have uh, three Afghans in the room. Uh-huh. Azita, uh -huh. Salar, who is our tabla player and who has been with pro earlier productions, right. and Humaira Gilzai, who is our cultural consultant. There's very lively, useful, and then all of them have experiences, so I'm like, how do you say that? What did you do? <laughs> oh my God, is that right? Do I, she's like, Amir, turn the light bulb, dance with the shoulders. <laughs> and now I'm a, I can't stop dancing with my shoulders. It's a total company on stage, of, uh, including uh, you know, our, our swings and our understudies. It's 19, and all from the Middle East or South Asia. And everybody cares. And it's yeah. very, very, we're all together on wanting to get it right. I had a number of Afghans come to the shows the last couple nights, and you know, they sobbed and meeting them at the stage door, they're like, I don't know if it was the trauma of this year mm. or what it was, but I have never cried so hard and felt so much joy because of the, the authenticity that was layered into the, the things best. we say, the way that, you know, the way that we're celebrating Afghanistan and its culture, which I don't think is often celebrated. We often tell the negative narrative. We often share the negative images of, of any minority culture. That's mm -hmm. what we kind of want to, to play in and dance in. And this does not do that. You know, this tells a beautiful, full woven tapestry story of a culture that's often um, 
misunderstood. You've actually done a lot of work for um, diversity in a much larger sense. I want to hear a little bit more about uh, your activist work and especially with Mina um, and Mensa. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been thinking about it. about it and wondering about it and she created it. Yeah, let's talk about that. Do you actually, you fought to get a, a new classification yes. for uh, performers contracts. Yes, yeah, I built the first new um, hiring contract into a labor contract in 37 years in the oh. entertainment industry. I had come off of a TV series called Alphas with David Strathairn and Malik Yoba and Mahershala Ali, this big thing, and thought this was a, a really important time for me in my career. And I tested for about six television shows, which is a tremendous you know, journey, and finally got one and was told at the table read that I was white. And I was very confused by the statement. They were like, what's your ethnicity? Because you're a diverse hire. And then you get money back. Productions get money back if you click you know, and what I, is classified as minority. So I was going to lose the job. And I was like, well, Afghanistan is in Asia. You can check Asian. And they're like, but you look Middle Eastern. And I was like, well, yes, you know, some people consider us Middle Eastern militarily. Like, it's, it's complicated. And they're like, you don't have anybody protecting you. You should start something. And so on the, like, you know, I, I'm a political refugee. I worked on Capitol Hill in high school. And, you know, I've, uh, I'm a very determined young woman. And so I began the the you know, process of lobbying to find out what that was. I studied the MOUs at networks. I started to speak to the US Census. I spoke to scholars. And after about two and a half, three years of lobbying with other, you know, actors of that dissent that were kind of experiencing the same thing, they weren't getting work. So what was happening was the normal job that I would normally get, which was the girl next door, they were now asking me to wear a headscarf or speak in another language, which is fine. I'm an actor, I can do that, but it was too much. And so the increase in stereotypical images were happening because we didn't have a diversity box. And so I decided to remove that obstacle and I built the new category in. And, and uh, now we run around and we educate people and we put out studies and you know, something that, you know, the talking about the diversity of this play on television, 78% of the time and our last study that we're seeing on TV, we're seen as terrorists. And so you think that that and we're about to put out another study that direct that directly impacts how people feel about refugees. Sure. So when you have something of like the fall of Afghanistan, you see this immediate fear because of the way that that we're portrayed on television and have been since 9-11. And then when you see Ukraine, fall, which is what Afghanistan went through 40 years ago, you don't have that same thing, right? They don't have the same legal loopholes that Afghans do. The Ukrainians have a much easier path to um, citizenship and to green card holders mm -hmm. than the Afghans that many of whom fought for the rights of the United States alongside of them have faced um, in the last several years. So kind of just working to be a voice and I think being a part of this play has been such a gift because it allows me to merge my passions. We are um, partnering with Welcome US, which is um, President Obama and uh, President Bush and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and a number of people created um, a program called Welcome.US that I sit on the National Council for and it helps people learn how to welcome refugees in their communities all across the United States, how they can become a welcomer to Afghan refugees and to now Ukrainian refugees. And so in the inserts of our playbill, you can scan a QR code and everyone in the audience can learn how to welcome someone like the cast that they see up on that stage. And we're also partnered with another org that I'm an ambassador to called Women for Women, which right now is helping women get back to work in Afghanistan. And, and we have worked for many, many decades 
um, helping women um, survivors of war get back to work and also educating the men in their communities about how important it is. And so, you know, our audiences get to learn um, about women for women and how to get women in Afghanistan back to work and how to support them. And so that's our producers, that's this company, that's this cast, that's the authenticity that they care about. They didn't just wanna, you know, we have the show which is authentic and the cast, but then we're also giving the audience the opportunity to care. And that to me is the beautiful merging of like artistry and advocacy and God bless Broadway if this is this experience, I'm here for it. I read recently 90% uh, of Afghan refugees are not fortunately um, being let into the US. And when I was prepping and I was talking to Humaira, I said, do you know any um, people that are recent immigrants um, that speak English um, with an accent, uh, preferably a man, because I've been, I've been learning from a woman and I want to hear any different cadences. Humaira introduced me to um, a guy who had come over and was, the reason he was able to come over was he worked as a translator the, for the U.S. Army, um, you know, back in, you know, about 15 years ago. And so he was able to get a special visa to come over. Um, and he came over and we were talking, the sweetest man, the sweetest gentleman talking and we were like, tell, would you read this line? And we're talking about his experience. And I was like, oh, so is your family here? He goes, no, uh, they're still in Afghanistan. And I said, um, he says, I can try to get my parents over with a special visa, but they can't leave my sisters because they're unmarried and they won't be able to, they won't, they won't be safe. And the entire play dropped in for me. The entire, all the, whoa, and what reminds me, for those who may not be Afghan that come to our show, is a very simple individual story. There's a lot that happens in this story. There's racism, there's privilege, there's power, there's love, there's marriage, there's heartbreak, but there's an immigrant experience. And a wonderful, rich, powerful man that has to come and work for a gas station um, and find their way and figure it out and learn a new language. That to me, feels, um, can feel universal mm -hmm. and um, hits me in a, in, a very, in a very deep way. Well, it's incredible to, to, uh, to see people doing something that means so much on so many levels, you know, and, and it just adds so much, it makes it so special for the audience and, and not just for your company. So I'm thrilled yeah. to see the Kite Runner. And yeah. welcome to Broadway, you two. Thank you. Getting married every night on Broadway. I know, my parents are like, <laughs> finally, I kind of don't want them to come because I'm like, see? <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, Paul. Thank you. Rob McClure is one of Broadway's favorite leading men. He's fresh off his latest Tony nomination for playing the title role in Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical. And he's suddenly Seymour in the hilarious off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors. We had a chance to talk. All right, how did this happen? Let's go. I feel like, I feel oh my like gosh. It's, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, so Mrs. Doubtfire finished up and I was ready to plan a summer vacations with my wife and Relax. my daughter. Relax. <laughs> Stop changing my clothes every two yes. seconds. Right. And then, uh, and then I got a call. I got a call that Skylar Aston is finishing up here and would I like to come in and play Seymour? And I mean, who doesn't? And right. also it's like things like this when you go into a small theater. I mean, this is less than 300 seats and tell a, a, a small story in a small space, but something that's like 
over the top and so much fun and has this incredible cult following. It's just, it's soul food. Oh, that's such a good way to say it, right? Yeah, it really yeah. does have a cult following. There's I mean, there's some, there's a lot of things recently, a lot of shows. Mrs. Doubtfire, I think. Yeah, they, you yeah, know, yeah, they yeah. Have, At least the 80s people, you know, for sure, I, I remember. For sure, yeah. Um, but it does have a cult following. So what do you feel when, when people come out of here? I saw the show last week. To see something, you know, that feels almost the scale. You know, that's what Howard Ashman, it, Howard Ashman built this show to be seen in places like this. I mean, okay. this is where this show is meant to be. This is where this show thrives. And um, so in a weird way, it feels very much like the atmosphere that people might have seen Little Shop at their high school or at a community theater right. or wherever they were sort of introduced to the show, except every single person in the building is firing on all cylinders and is at the height of their game wow. in a tiny little room. Right, right, so right, the right. energy is out of control. Um, the puppeteers are extraordinary. It's such a difference when you've got a real puppeteer in there. Now, have you ever done anything with puppeteers before? Or I have, I have okay. a huge, I did Avenue Q for three years. Okay, I'm okay. A, I've been obsessed with puppets my whole life. As I said, I've, I've been obsessed with puppets my whole life. Hashtag nerd cred. No, I have. I've, I I've, love the glasses. I, I know, I just right? have my fitting, my Seymour Crowborn really glasses. Good. How do they feel? As I put them on, my shoulders have gone down instead of up. Um, yeah, no, I mean, costumes obviously always help. Yeah. But yeah, I've been obsessed with puppets my whole life and the history of puppetry with this show and the film. Right. I mean, and did you know, this is so fun. Wait, fun, fun, fun trivia. Give it to me. In the movie, that plant had so many different little like servos in its mouth to make all those mouth right. shapes that they couldn't do it in real time. I so anytime the plant was talking, it was at quarter speed. They would do playback at quarter speed and he would lip sync at quarter speed oh, and then they'd wow. speed it up. Which means that any of those two shots right. of Rick Moranis right. and the plant going like, if you want a rationale, Seymour is doing that. Rick Moranis is acting in quarter speed. So he's oh actually gosh. going, if you want, so that they could puppeteer the plant and wow. have it articulate as much as they wanted and then they sped it up and Did post. you just learn that? No. Oh, <laughs> you've known about that? Yes, it is. There is that a real is a nerd real playing nerd. Seymour, Frank. That is a nerd moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, You're going to excel. Typecasting. I can feel it. Typecasting. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. I have to rewatch that I love that, that stuff. I mean, I, I really, and these puppeteers, yeah. it's wild to have a scene partner in a plant. Yeah. And, and legitimately. Yeah, how does that you work? You know what I mean? You... Because the plant is, it, it's being puppeteered so beautifully. Sure that it's giving me just as much as a scene partner would. Really? So I'm able, yeah, oh yeah. So I'm able to react in real time to things that the plant is communicating to mm -hmm. me because mm -hmm. it's being puppeteered so beautifully. This is a time that we need that more than yeah, anything else. Yeah. I mean, comedies are always fun and yeah. being able to have entertainment is always fun. But this yeah, is and if you need. had told me three weeks ago, right. when I was doing my 31st quick change into an elderly Scottish woman, that my next job would be a more absurd story, I would not have believed you. <laughs> but now, and wow, to just be able to put the glasses on versus what you do. Yeah, oh, come how on. Many, how many outfit yes. changes? I can't remember. We had 31 quick changes in Doubtfire, yeah. The fastest of which was 18 seconds to do head to toe Doubtfire to Daniel. <laughs> do you see the difficulty being a woman, too? <laughs> yes. Do you see what we had oh, to do? On. Yes. I, we don't do it 31 of times, course, but of course. it's a lot. Oh, yeah. There's a but lot But you get to wear your own face. Mrs. Doubtfire yeah, had to well, wear That's true. That's true. Okay. <laughs> that's I'll another you, thing with this I'll show. Give you that. I use my own face, I use my own teeth. <laughs> It's a very lovely, it's really nice. I love it. What else do you have going on? You were well, going to go on vacation. Right. I have a three-year-old daughter, which means that that's, uh, if I'm outside of this building, that's yes. what I have going on. I love she it. She has very strong opinions at the moment. Mm -hmm. What are they? I, that we need to be playing make-believe at all times. So, like, Can you I tell get, her that's what you do for a living? No, she has no idea. <laughs> she has no idea about any of this. 
And, uh, but you get woken up with like, Dada, wake up. I'm Cinderella, you're the stepsisters. I'm gonna go in my room and lock myself in and you have to be Jack and Gus Gus and slide a key under the door, okay? Bye. And I'm just gaining consciousness. That's my life. You have a show yeah. outside of the show. So I basically pretend to be other people my entire life at the I, moment. I love it. Well, it's working for you, sir. It seems to be paying the bills, yeah. Thank you so much. You it's always good to Thanks see you. I love by. it, I was so happy you said yes. So Thanks. it's great to of see you. Course. It really of course. is. That's going to do it for now, but if you like what you hear, you're going to like what you see, too. Be sure and check out the Broadway show with Tamsin Fidel on TV each and every week. Check your local listings, and you can find all the episodes on Broadway.com. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway show Uncut. <laughs>